guys, welcome back to Talk Shit with Pim. So, um, today I have an interesting guest with us. Somebody who's going to school us on some important life things that we need to know. Y'all know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not good with money. I'm not good with my finances. So, I have someone today who's going to teach us a little some sum on the financial side. Uh, fun fact, she's also a very, very, very old friend of mine. Like, yeah, we go all the way back. When they talk about day ones, yes, this is day one. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and uh, we'll get into it. Hey there, please let my guest know who you are. Hey, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for a wonderful, wonderful um pre-introduction i guess <laughs> yes i like when you said your day for sure we you are my day one like when i say day one like a real day one from what baby day one something like that. one eh? right <laughs> anyway like, so, all the way back right all the way like way way back when, when, when even pampas wasn't a thing we used to be pampas that is actually true <laughs> <laughs> that is actually true yeah thank you so much for having me on your show um Talk S with Paula. I know you said the S is gonna be smart, right? <laughs> for this episode, yes, for this episode, oh, that's this what episode. We're going to do. <laughs> Cause this ain't really some shit talk. This is some smart talk. So yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'll agree. Yeah. So my name is uh, Dr. Veronica Njuaba. Yeah, so yeah, again, my name is Veronica, Dr. Veronica Njuaba. I got my doctor in nursing practice um, about over a year ago. And I've been working as a hospitalist here in Long Island, uh, New York, since last year. However, I have also been in the financial industry since last year, mainly in the um, insurance industry. But I do a little bit of everything. I do also a little bit of investments and as well as retirements. Now, while doing that, I did notice that um, a lot of us are actually doing a lot of investments some people do have life insurance some people um do retirement plannings but not everybody really understands what they are doing or what plans they're getting or what investments they're actually um dealing with you know it's more like following the crowd and so that's why we do the um financial education as a complementary uh thing with my clients and pretty much with everybody else all right now, before we get into um, that, first, people, I need you to put respect on the doctor, okay? Dr. Veronica Njaba, my my oldest friend. <laughs> also, she's a Tanzanian, okay? I don't want Kenyans or Ugandans starting to claim her. She's, she's Tanzanian. Wait, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this quietness in Tanzania, okay. And... She also goes by Beyonce, okay? Yes. She's the original Beyonce. Yep. So, uh, <coughs> we, um, let, me, let, let, let us tell people where we met or how we know each other. Um, did we meet at Conticas? I think we met at Conticas. I think we did. I think we did. This was like back in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, I don't remember. But I think you guys already lived there and then we moved in, right? Something like that. I think, no, well... I think you were there. Oh, that's the way around. I, I don't remember, around. but either way. Um, so me and Vero used to be those friends who, when their parents got landlines, would call each other from upstairs to downstairs on the phone. Yeah, like we'll be in the same building, but just different apartments, and we'll still call each other instead of, like, and walking. Calling each other, no? <laughs> 
Right. Ah, our phones ended up being cut and shut down because we were abusing them. But yeah, that's how long me and I have known each other. And we have been a part of each other's lives right. since then, uh, respectfully. Right. So um, I'm grateful to see your growth and all the amazing things you're doing out there and all these amazing uh, professionals you're dealing with because they're not easy professionals. So, God, I'm proud. Thank you. Thank you. So, I'm curious, how did you get into um, insurance and financial industry? Because, as you said, you're a nurse practitioner, you're in nursing and medical and all that, then you... Well, insurance, I can kind of understand with you being a nurse. I'm pretty sure you deal with a lot of people's insurance and maybe that's how it came. But I'd like to hear how you ended up coming into financial and insurance industry. Right. Wow. That's a uh, that's actually an excellent question. Um, I've always been curious about finances. And it's um, it was actually my plan to go back and get my MBA. I remember back in March, I was telling my sister, you know, I'm going to get rid of all my nursing books because I don't need them anymore. And they're, they're old. And I didn't find anybody that could use them at the time. But I kept all my old finance books. I said, you know, I think there is something that is missing somewhere. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Like, I understood the plans I had and stuff like that. But I felt like there could be something better out there. Like, my my heart always told me there is something better out there. I just didn't know where. So my brain at the time told me by going back to school and obtaining an MBA, maybe will help me understand finances even better or how things are really run here in America. Because I kept, you know... Wondering why I always lost money in my 401k. I did not understand my plans. They're just certain things that did not sit right with me. And so, with me, you know, being single, having no kids, the certain aspects of finances that I wasn't even in a rush to attain because I felt like I had time, I'm young, and stuff like that. But it was all misinformation and miseducation when it comes to financing. And guess what? It was not just what? It was me and a lot of other people like me out there that maybe felt the same way. But I felt like it was just me at the time. And so I remember after telling that to my sister, I actually did maybe, you know, flashback. I did like actually try to enroll in an MBA before I went to my doctorate program and I dropped out. And the reason being is because I didn't really um, like the accounting class like that. I wasn't, that wasn't my thing. Um, and then when I went to the economics class, I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Pretty much, you know, don't spend what you don't have. So I dropped out. And then there was a class called managerial finance and I liked that class. So I stayed through that class. I passed that class, but it was not enough credits for me to enroll into the MBA program. And then I was like, okay, maybe I need to revisit this. That's how I went back to my doctorate. Now, Again, last year, what happened was when COVID happened, it was a lockdown. And then there were a lot of meetings going around, a lot of Zoom links going around. One of my friends invited me to a Zoom um, presentation or a link. And I was like, what is this about? She lied to me. I'm going to be very honest. She lied to me. She said, Veronica, you got to wake up right now. There's some hot guys in there. You might find your husband. I was like, what? Hey, Veronica, you need to see that. Hey, you know, nobody's going to wake up to come watch so she got me here i wake up i start tuned in and i was listening but i did not understand anything they were saying by the way there was no any hot guys i'm sorry it was mainly older guys and you know most of them looked married i was like 
is this even the right zoom and she said yeah just listen <laughs> just listen meanwhile she was not even listening she was at work so i listened to the end i still didn't get anything but i liked the word somebody talked just somebody said something to do with finance and then somebody else said something to do with insurance somebody else something to do with the book i was like okay they we must be something here because these people are very serious they're very passionate and most of them came from a professional background it was a bunch of engineers in their doctors nurses like me it was very diverse let me put it that way so i, I put my comments on the chat i was like yo okay, somebody contact me Yeah, so I did put my comment on there, you know, for somebody to contact me because there was a lot of professionals in there. So I was like, okay, oh wow, who, why are all these professionals here talking about, you know, finance and money and all that? So that's how it started. And so somebody contacted me and they told me what they were doing, and I was like, okay, can I just get my insurance license and learn from a state level because I do understand a power of being state certified. That means there's no biasness. That means you really understand things from a state level slash government level. So. That's how we started. Nice, and here you are now. Here I am. So, <clears throat> talk finance to us. How can we be financially responsible? Like, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for people like me who really ain't, you know. And I and I, I want to. I want to get better with finances. I want to be able to save. I want to have investments. I want to leave my kids legacies other than just stories, you know. Right. So, talk to us. How do we get financially responsible? Wow, that's a that's an excellent question. To be honest with you, Paula, I think a lot a lot of uh, things when it comes to finances is mindset. Okay, and everybody, you'll be surprised. Everybody views finances differently. Okay, it depends on the background they're from. If you grew up in a family where your father believes the only way to succeed in life is to be a farmer, you're gonna be a farmer, and that's what you're gonna believe. Mm-hmm. Now, unless somebody comes out and says, "Paula, you don't really have to be a farmer. Guess what? You can be an investor." Then guess what? That means it opens your mind to understanding that there is other options out there outside farming that could help you. So, when it comes to finance, for one, it's the mindset. Okay, you need to tell yourself, okay. I need to save better. I want to leave legacy. Now, if you did not set your mind to that, it doesn't matter what somebody tells you. You're not going to understand. I remember this. You said the power of the mind. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I. That's what I believe in, and that's what I think is happening. Okay. You know, they say seeing is believing, but doing is actually attaining. So it's all in the mindset. That is one. So, and another thing, you know, they say um, if you want to harvest different, then you need to sow different. People are always surprised why a lot of, um, you know, you could even talk for immigrants. Okay, we come here, we work so hard, you know, even for people who are already here, work so hard. But how come everybody's not rich? How come everybody's not living legacy? You go to school, attain so many degrees, you get a good profession. How come your child has to toil also? Your grandchild, you know, your father toils. So there's something wrong there in the system. So this is something that we have to question and educate one another to understand how truly finances work. Because the truth is, you can make a lot of money but still not leave legacy. We we have seen it, right? Oh yes, we have seen it so many times. Why? Because we do not have education when it comes to legacy and legacy planning, and that is very important. Because if you not if you do not understand that part, then you're always going to be restarting and doing the same thing over and over. But guess what? It's not ever going to be a different result, and that's insanity. Correct. So that's one mindset, and also, you know, we should not forget the fact that it's not our fault, right? Because we grew up in a society or a culture where we do not talk about finances. 
it's not in our culture. Um, I think when we had a discussion privately, you said, you know, something that's very, <laughs> that stuck to my head. And they said, uh, people are suffering in silence. And that is very true. COVID last year was a total proof. We know with the unemployment rates consist- consistently going up, it showed how much people were not prepared for the uncertainties. Okay. And again, it's the mindset. It starts with that. Now, do you want me to continue? Oh, yes. Hell All yeah. right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So that is number one. Now, why financial education anyways? Why am I so passionate about financial education? I think this is something we don't even get at the bank. You go to the bank, <laughs> the, the person at the bank literally will just tell you what to sign up for. You start a new job. They're going to be like, hey, here, Paula, you sign up these papers. You don't even know how that account works. I you don't really I, 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 I don't even remember how I filed my tax forms at work. So. Oh, and it's not just you. It's almost <laughs> everybody. Okay. So what we do, actually, another thing is we gear towards middle, middle class. Okay. Because there is no point and there's no reason why us middle class keep toiling the same way if we could just do better. The elites do things a little bit different in this country. They don't have a different IRS system. They just think different. They do. By the way, they talk finances. Maybe that's why they don't mix with everybody else. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, why financial education is important. Okay. Paula, this is statistically, okay. There's a mm-hmm. widening gap between the rich and the poor and the middle class and the upper class in America. And that's why this is very important. This is also referred as income inequality. It's there. Wealth disparity is expanding, okay? Mm-hmm. Disparity even in the distribution of wealth in general, it's expanding, like, day by day. And it's not fair. You know, just because you're not born into a wealthy family, it doesn't mean you cannot leave legacy to your family. Let me say Amen. that straight. It doesn't mean that. And another thing is, we don't know how to invest, Okay. We Hell think yes. investment is putting money. Some people think investment is putting money in the bank. The bank is lying to you in their savings account, 0.01%. People say, oh, I'm investing. As a matter of fact, um, I have a CD account. I'm putting there in a money market. That is not investment. So the certain <laughs> things that, you know, we, we remind one another when it comes to investment and principles of investment. And that's where it catches most of us. Another thing, we don't have protection. So another thing, uh, I like to always tell my clients this scenario, okay? You have three people. This is on a million-dollar budget. Person number one has a million dollars in the bank sitting there, not doing anything. Then you got person number two who has half a million dollars in the bank and then half a million dollars in investment. It could be diversification, okay? Maybe a little bit of real estate, index accounts, whatever that's, you know, they want to invest in, but they're diversifying. And then you have person number three who's actually having maybe quarter a million dollar in the bank. That's a little bit too much, but anyways. And then half a million dollar in investments. And then the rest of the quarter, maybe they buy a $4 million cash value life insurance. Who is winning among these three? With their life insurance? I would think number three also. Why? Because if one and two goes wrong, then they have what's called protection. We don't know how to protect our finances, Paula. We don't know how to do that. You know, in eight, this is February, right? Black History Month. Okay, so I'm going to talk about this. In 1880s, okay, black people could not buy life insurance, by the way. And for the ones that could buy, they could only buy one third of a policy of what a white person could. And they paid the same premium. And so what happened was the black people at that time, because they had only little coverage, they only used it for barrier services. 
and until today it's in our minds that life insurance is for the death but it's not banks have life insurance corporations have life insurance now if they do and those are not living things then where's the death part coming from life insurance is not death insurance so I have a question. Sorry Thank to, you. to this. Mm-hmm. What, what what is the main purpose, main reason for life insurance? If you're saying it's not death, because you're schooling me right now. Because I was one of those people who thought life insurance is mainly, and, and I think too many movies as well. Because you see people as uh, killing um, their spouses or spouses disappearing and pretending to be dead so their family can finally cash in on them. Right. Yeah, so if that's not the reason for what, what's the main purpose of it? Okay, so that's an excellent question. So you are correct, by the way, part of it. Life insurance definitely provides what's called a death benefit, okay? Meaning that if you're deceased, then you have a loved one that can benefit from that. That is primarily, that's how it was established for, right? But then mm-hmm. it changed. There was something called evolution in human life. It's the same thing, evolution in finances. So when they later developed life insurance, they said, okay, this is not just for death, but guess what? We are also going to insure our income. You can insure mm-hmm. your income through your life insurance. Paula, oh, let you. me return a question to you. Did you know that you can cash some money from your own life insurance to use for no. your life? Did you know that if you fall sick today, God forbid, maybe you have some critical chronic illness? No, Exactly. And you can't work anymore. Did you know that your life insurance will pay you? No, nope. exactly. Why? Because most of the plans we get are the mediocre plans. There's so many plans out there since then. Okay. They sell us in plans with only death category, but they don't sell us plans. What you can cover us when we, you know, that we can benefit when we're alive. They don't do that. So that is but where education there. comes. It's just miseducation and understanding. Because the truth is, you know, last year it was, a, it, was, it was excellent proof. A lot of people got sick. Some people could not recover well. Right now they're broke. Sure. So what's their coverage? People will argue and they say, oh, yeah, I have investments, I have buildings. But let's be realistic here, okay? You're laying on a hospital bed. How quick is it going to be for you to sell that particular asset? Much longer if it's a house <laughs> or a building. Exactly. Or you just have to sell it quick with the loss, you know. I feel like we could go longer, so I don't want to take much of your time, you know. If you want quick cash, you don't get what you're really asking for or what it's value It's always sold at a loss, yep. Yep. Yeah. And then um, another thing we discuss about, you know, um, retirement. That's another thing, you know. Statistically, people start planning on retirement at when they're in their 40s or 50s. I mean, come on, you're retiring in your 60s. You need to start saving on retirement from day one when you start working. But we don't know that. Is it our fault? No. Because if we were not educated by our parents or in school, because we don't have any financial classes in school, then how are we going to know this? We really should. We really should because... They be teaching us a lot of algebras and all this mucho mucho <laughs> shit well people and then we grow up and we come to the world and we don't know what to do with the money. We get excited of leadership, we end up getting into debt. Mm-hmm. It's just Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, statistically they say nearly half of Americans don't even expect to have enough money during retirement. 
credit card debt, as we talk about debt itself, it has reached its highest point ever. Okay. 40% of Americans, as we are speaking, cannot afford even $400 of emergency expense. They can't. And that's why it explains the unemployment rate. If you look at the U.S. debt clock, it's going up every single day. That is something people can watch online. People don't know that. Okay. Taxes are going up every single day. And it's us, the middle class, who are paying highest anyways. So if you're paying high in taxes, you are not saving money. You are not investing correctly. How are you gonna invest? How are you gonna retire early, or are you gonna retire free? Have you seen people who retire in the sixties and seventies and then go back to drive Uber or play security? Have you seen those people? Does it oh, mean yes. they never worked? You no. cannot tell me those people want to want go back to work just to stay busy. You cannot tell me that because if you retire with good income, then you're gonna be traveling. You're going to be doing some Those who stuff. go to the... <laughs> who spend their whole day at the golf course and just... Exactly. They are busy. How come they're not driving <laughs> No, it's a lie. You know, go to the spa, <laughs> plan events. Right. Charity. Exactly. It's a lie. So these are things that, you know, we like to remind one another as we are going through different principles when it comes to investments and financing in general, especially here in America. And you will be surprised, the same principles applies to most countries as well. It doesn't matter where you are in the world because the middle class and the mindset has been stuck since back then. It's like we have, we have development when it comes to buildings in our surroundings, but not our minds. And that is something that we are doing. Now, you asked me a very, very good question, and I'm, maybe I can try and summarize that. I don't, I don't take much of your time. But first thing, you know, we say the five pillars of financial stability. Okay? Mm-hmm. Pillar number one. Now, when you have this, my, pick that, take a picture of a table, okay? A table with five legs. So you cannot miss one, okay? First is debt. Mm-hmm. We ask our clients, are you in any debt? And then we help them see if they can cut that down, that debt down or pay it off. Because debt, trust me, people will say there's good debt out there. There is no good debt. Debt is debt. Another thing, life insurance. But it's not just about life insurance. What do you have? What kind of plan do you have? Do you have death insurance or do you really have a life insurance? So what would be the best life insurance for somebody to get? Okay, that's an excellent question. So let me go through my pillars and then I can get back to you. All right, all right. Okay. Um... And then we have retirement, okay? We need to go through retirement plans and see if those people understand their plans. Make sure your retirement plans really matches your plan. That's another thing. And I know younger people may retire a little bit, may um, invest in retirement a little bit different from older people. Some people like the aggressive style. Some people like more lenient style. But still, um, you have to know what you're doing. That's the key thing. Another thing mm-hmm. is emergency funds. Do you have it? Right now, they say, you know, have at least six months of your monthly income saved up just in case something happens. But the truth is, you want to go a little bit older. When COVID happened, it was way more than six months. What if you're jobless all that time? All this, you know, you cannot just rely on um, unemployment. That's not realistic. Okay. Another thing is college funds for kids. So wait, if you say six months is not what it is, how much would you suggest for the you know, To be honest with me, Paula, just as much as you can. So for me, I would say at least double that. Or even triple, if you can. Because so six months and yeah, over. Six months and over. Right now, statistically, they say six months. But let's look at the real picture. COVID happened, it's been more than six months. So what if you're really unemployed more than six months? But I have yes. a question. Um, 
the emergency funds, especially the six months and over of paycheck right, or whatever, right, right. for those people who are living paycheck to paycheck, because everybody doesn't have the job or that, or, or they're not getting paid, especially people who work uh, minimum wage uh, jobs, uh, and they still also want to get into finances and invest and save and have retirement plan mm-hmm. and all that. How would you suggest the emergency funds for them, those who are living paycheck? Perfect. That's a perfect, perfect question. So, for one, let me go back to my next step because this is what I was going to talk to you about next. (laughs) Oh, pillar five. So, yeah, for the five pillars, you know, you have your debt management, your life insurance, your retirement, your emergency fund, and college funds for people with kids. Okay? All right. Mm -hmm. So, back to your... Catch part two coming out on Sunday.